You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast family. Look for us online, evergreenpodcast.com. You can also listen to the program on the um, iHeartRadio app. And of course, that's available through your app store, no matter the format or the uh, brand of phone or personal device that you use. Scott Casper with you tony went to my left the dynamic duo has one addition this week he is pj duran pj how are you doing very well exciting weekend of racing can't wait to talk about some great picks online by the way critters of our own chris bishop look for him on our facebook page tommy boy halverson uh, doing some uh, remarkable work as always thank you tommy and jack and leanne daily on pushing the buttons making sound good on both internet and on traditional uh, uh um a terrestrial radio uh interesting lineup of guests given uh what's going on in the world of motorcycle racing but we'll get to some of the news with hot uh hot tracks early on here we'll go to uh, tony wank start us off at the bottom tony who can the listeners expect to hear from on this very program well assuming they all answer the phone when we call mm-hmm. which they are pretty good at we're going to talk to jeff may who yeah. competed at the daytona 200 over the weekend Man, he was uh, only 1.2 seconds behind first place after uh, the final four-lap sprint to the finish. So, pretty exciting there. Kyle Wyman, who um, he did a little better. Big winner, chicken yeah. dinner. Yeah. <laughs> did you see his burnout afterwards? Oh, my God. And we went over and looked and then, like he was limping. And then he crashed. Yeah, and then he was, he was kind of limping. <laughs> so I was awesome. like, oh, that is great. Yeah. And then uh, Henry Wiles is going to be on, who we you know we just watched uh, – the Daytona down at Bike Week. The um, TT. Yeah, it was just a few days after the Supercross. And I actually flew home right before that race. But uh, it was uh, pretty neat to see that the the, uh, the track that they have, it was on concrete, of course. Um, and, so, and dirt. It and was dirt, a mixed, yep. mixed up deal. Right, we talked about that. So I want, I'm interested to hear what Henry Wiles, he's, he is the king of Peoria. And it'll be interesting to see what he th- says because he's kind of a TT specialist. Kyle Peters is going to be on, who is with JGR. Uh, he had a torn ACL last year, and he's racing in the 250 East. I think he got sixth over the weekend in Indianapolis. And then um, a guy we've had on a bunch also is Zach Osborne, who's going right. to be up next. Uh, before we get to Zach, as a matter of fact, you can bring him up in case he wants to comment on this, Jack. But uh, we go to the breaking news and some not quite so breaking. Kenny Roxon, as you know, has always been one of the most open and honest racers in the pits. We take a look at an article written uh, on, uh, on Racer X, as we do, and so many of you do as well. But Roxon, a couple subpart finishes over the last uh, few weeks, and of course, uh, a lot of us we wouldn't call it a race slump but 
<clears throat> after finishing eighth at Indy, uh, the Supercross there, he dropped 27 points total uh, from the championship leader, Coop Webb. Uh, they don't just beat around the bush. Kenny Roxon just sends it out, tells it like it is, no games. Does that surprise you in this day and age where we start to protect ourselves? Zach, we'll get to you. Think about the question and the answer, but we start to protect ourselves as far as what uh, what we release in case it might affect our not just the performance, but the way people treat us on the track and in race uh, conditions. Tony? Yeah, I don't know. I've never been at that level, but I, if, if I have an, a, an excuse to not win, I want everybody to know it before I even go out. So. Right. Okay, <laughs> so. so not after the fact, right? And, and Excuse I, me. I think that's fair. Let's go to Zach Osborne. Zach, um, have you ever found yourself in a predicament where you end up protecting yourself? Uh, and and uh, perhaps if you're injured or have some equipment issues, have you ever been in that position? Um, no, not really. I'm pretty pretty straightforward, pretty open and honest. Um, I'm I'm kind of down with the Kenny approach on, on this topic. Hmm. Let's go back to Tony. Tony. Well, let's let's talk about the season so far, Zach. You, um, it was definitely not the start that we were hoping uh, coming from the, uh, the the champ. But um, you're rolling now. Talk about it. Yeah, man. It was just a really untimely in- injury right before the start of the season, and um, it's just taking me a while to get going. I mean, uh, it's. Um, hard when those guys are getting main events getting weeks of riding and i'm still kind of sitting on the couch and doing you know watching on the weekend so um yeah now it's starting to come around a little bit i've had you know a couple of decent finishes in a row here and hopefully i can just continue to build and um the main thing right now is there's so many good guys in the class that it's it takes a really good start and i've uh, been putting some decent starts together you know and, and inside the top 10 and just kind of being able to take some some results from each weekend and, and build on them people talk about the the level of competition and we've been we've been saying that singing that tune for the 15 years we've been doing this show um that it steps up every year and it's you know the, a guy that maybe like a brayton that uh he's as solid as he was last year and he actually got a win last year at daytona as you know you know he's he's just as good or better as, as he was last year but everybody else has stepped it up. Do you, do you think that's true? Do you think that's it's really uh, you know a case of where everybody's going just that much faster? Uh, I mean, man, it's just so tight at the top right now. I mean, the the first race I did when I came back um, in Dallas, it was like fourteen guys on the same second. You know, that's pretty uh, pretty unheard of in the sport. And I just think that there's you know it's it's just depends on the day whether you're the guy who's first or the guy who's 14th you know it's just um a really gnarly um high level time and in, in the game right now you've been quoted by uh many uh, in the industries saying that uh, one of the hardest days i've ever had at a race you were out of sorts uh you said you had a really good week have you been able to pinpoint it or was it just one of those days no i think it was just one of those days i was able to turn around when it's game time though and that's that's what matters. Um, yeah, I just really struggled during the day and um, struggled to kind of find my feet. So, Well, you weren't alone, though, right? I mean, Muskin, Muskin and uh, Webb uh, were doing the same thing. Yeah, sort of, but they weren't quite as far off as I was. I was just um, not, not myself on Saturday. and um, It was frustrating, but like I said, I turned it around when it counted and, and made some results there in the main, so it's decent. 
What are your thoughts on, we were talking about this last week and uh, on and off air, sand in a supercross track, do you think it has any place there? We, I certainly do not. You know, it looks like you guys are getting blasted in the face and the mm. stuff that you're having to uh, jump and negotiate with sand in your goggles to me seems pretty stupid. This isn't outdoors. I, I just, you know, and, and they, a 180 in sand just to me is just dumb. Uh, it doesn't make for good racing. I can't imagine it's fun when you've got a supercross set up on your bike. But you are Zach Osborne, so maybe you have, <laughs> you know, my my off road hero that doesn't race off road. So maybe you're you're a different, you know, maybe you have a different opinion than me. I I mean I don't see any issue with it. I think it's a good change up. I think the one in Atlanta was awesome. Um, I've never really, you know, had any any issues as far as goggles or anything like that goes. So I think it's. I mean, I don't know why we don't have one every weekend, to be honest with you. Um, I think it just adds another element of of surprise and um, of change. I mean, uh, I think that sand sections and, and over-under should be mandatory on all the tracks. Well, you're not helping me uh, with my... <laughs> Your point is being lost, Tony. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, Tony's being lost. Point's well put. Zach, <laughs> how's the iTunes, the, the, the podcast you're doing? Podcast is coming along good. Um, just released our fifth episode yesterday um, with Martin Davos, and uh, the response has been really good. Um, downloads are, are pretty good so far, and um, yeah, just looking to kind of build it over the next couple of years and kind of see where it takes me. It was um, not all my idea. It was Steve Matheson's idea, and he hit me up about it, so um, he's been trying to kind of coach me along and um, helping with the production and stuff, so it, it's going really well. I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. Well, Mathis can be fun, but uh, perhaps you would like to go with a more seasoned professional for your education. Um, <laughs> and I like Steve. Don't get me wrong. It's not a. It's not a knock on Steve. It's just yes, it was okay. Um, um, so let me let me finish. Um, I, I do want to ask you uh, about your injury coming back from six rounds missing. Uh, it seems to me you've had a, a somewhat of a build and getting back into action. But currently nineteenth in the four hundred and fifty Supercross point standings. Where are you at, mind wise, comfort, and where are you at coming back from the injury? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, all kind of lost with the with the championship as far as that goes um, when I missed the first round. So uh, that's not really the concern um, right now. Is just kind of the of a time for building for for outdoors. Um, at the same time, I'm trying to you know uh, nurse the Supercross thing back together and and get as good as I can before the end of the season, just to kind of help me out for next season um, when I won't be a rookie anymore. So right now, yeah, like I said, I'm just trying to build and and uh, play catch up. It's uh, full full commitment to Supercross right now, though. I mean, um, that's all, kind of all I can say. I'm just uh, trying to find where I, where I left off, and um, it's not an easy task. How do you do that? Who do you surround yourself with? I mean, I know, I know that you're training. I think I know who you're training with and that sort of thing. But how do you how do you find that as an athlete at, at that level? I mean, I can't even imagine you know being at any kind of a disadvantage when you're when you're uh, you know, at the beginning of the season like that, it's got to be pretty tough to, to play catch-up like that. Yeah, it's tough, and, and it's in a sense, it's kind of impossible um, to to really catch up. I mean, you may catch some guys who are starting to get burnt out or starting to um, feel the load of 12 weeks of racing straight or whatever, but, I mean, as far as, like, actually catching up, you'd have to do more um, than the guys in front of you, and that's not quite possible. 
So, I mean, it's mainly just right now putting myself in a, in a good position on the weekend and, uh, you know, nailing those starts. That's, that's the main thing. And the more that I run up front or, or ride around guys who are currently faster than me, um, the sooner, you know, the sooner I'll come back to where I was or um, to their level. Marvin finally got a win. We thought he'd get it a lot sooner this season, but then again, we thought you'd be up there too, you know, a lot sooner than you are. Um, the the track, do you think the track plays a, a part in that When in, on who's going to do well? And, and do you, when you go into a race, do you think, you know, maybe not even just yourself, but you think, ooh, this would be a good track for this guy or, or that guy will be strong here. Or, you know, maybe we're jumping through the whoops instead of, of blitzing them and that kind of thing. Um, you know, and it, it, uh, obviously the whoops was a, was a topic of conversation this weekend again, when they, they got kind of, um, uh, yeah, they were like cupped out and kind of, uh, routed big time. Well, you maybe Zach can describe it better, but, um, it, it didn't look like it was, they were easy. And so, uh, th- that kind of thing. Do you, do you see the stuff like that when you come to track and you think, Oh, I'm going to kick ass at this, or maybe this is going to be tough or, you know what I mean? Yeah, the main thing for me is um, soil. I mean, the way the track's going to break down, the whoop, what, what's going to happen with the whoop, um, how technical they can actually build the track uh, because of the soil. Um, there's there's a lot of factors to it all, but I, I think the main thing is just how good or not good the dirt is for for supercross racing in general. I mean, that's, that's the biggest key to me. I mean, um, some guys are good when the whoops are big. Some guys are better at jumping the whoops. It just kind of all depends on how the track breaks down and that is 100% dependent on the soil. So for me, like the biggest factor, um, in, in trying to predict that kind of stuff is, uh, what the dirt's going to be like or what the dirt historically been like. And this year with, uh, with the thing in, in San Diego with the lime and all that, um, they've definitely, I know they've used lime a few times since, but, um, it seems like in a much lighter capacity. So, um, to me, yeah, it's mainly about the dirt. What's happened with that lime deal? I haven't talked. I mean, I haven't listened to one podcast since that since San Diego. I was in San Diego. That was miserable for me of watching. Even I can't. I would so glad I wasn't riding that thing. But there's is there um, there's been talk that some of the riders um, may have some sort of a, a a case against Feld or the track builder or something on that line do you know anything about that or can you comment no i really i don't know anything about that i mean i wasn't there um i wasn't a part of any of it so i really have no clue it's it's called limegate by the way mm-hmm. yeah. it's a big deal yeah you bet it is we're talking with zach osborne of course you remember uh him as a two-time 250 east supercross champ had a tough start on the season mixing uh missing six uh due to an injury but coming back now from it and uh, showing uh, showing some moments of brilliance. What he's looking to do, and at least my estimation, is string, string together those moments of brilliance into some solid performances, laps and laps and laps of them. Let's go back to P. Or yep. let's go to PJ. That's PJ, right. Zach, did you want to comment there? Go right ahead. Uh, I was just saying, yeah, that's that's the goal. <laughs> okay, good. Right on. Do you have any races that you're really looking forward to? As we're you know we're well into the second half of the season. Um, things are, I wouldn't say they're winding down. We've got a lot of great racing ahead of us. Are there any events you're really stoked about getting to? Uh, this weekend in Seattle, I think it's going to be a really good track for me. 
um, like I was saying, with the dirt, the dirt in Seattle is super soft and, and ruddy, and that's kind of uh, my forte. So Seattle for sure. And then um, hopefully we have at least one good mutter before the end of the season uh, <laughs> with five open stadiums. I think the only one that we have left that is close uh, is Houston, I believe. And then, um, yeah, after that, um, I'm looking forward to the New York race because it's a cool race just because of the atmosphere, and then uh, it's a day race. I, I like the day race program. I think it, it kind of favors me because, I don't know, I just feel like it's a lighter atmosphere or something. It's, it's a strange feeling, but um, I've done two day races in my career, and I won both of them. So there you go. I'm looking forward to, uh, to New York. You going you gonna to go out and, and hang out in New York at all or do any kind of a tourism uh, thing? The last time we actually went after the race because it was like, uh, I think the race was done at like five o'clock or six o'clock. Yep. And uh, we just went back, cleaned up, and then went into the city and got some dinner and checked out some some fights and stuff. It was really cool. Some fights? Wait, would you go to the garden or where'd you go? Uh, we we just went to Times Square and then. Uh, oh, you talking about dinner just people on the streets fighting? <laughs> no, sites. Oh, sites. We thought you said fights. <laughs> No, no, no. I thought like maybe an MMA or a, or maybe just some, like some bum fighting or something. That would be fun. <laughs> no, not not quite. Sight. Have you ever seen bum fighting? Oh, sure. I'm I, telling you what. I encourage it. <laughs> bum fight. Oh yeah, a couple of bottles of uh, Muscatel and and you can get uh, these guys fighting. You. No, no, Mad Dog 2020 Wine of the what? Century. The How about wine this one? Of the century. PJ, what about this? You put mus- uh, You put. Uh, Coors, a can of Coors, and a bottle of Ripple together, and you got Cripple. Um, <laughs> They'd fight for that, too, I'm sure. <laughs> right I might fight for that. We're up against clock. Zach, sponsor role, who you got? Uh, just uh, Rockstar, you have fun factory racing. Um, you know, it's obviously been uh, not, a, not an ideal season, and they've, they've stuck behind me, all the guys on the team and all the team sponsors. Um, sure. I really appreciate that. Well, I thought, by the way, I did think that uh, Mathis did a nice job of updating us on um, uh, on Racer X, on you and, and several of the other boys that are out there doing well. Justin Braden, of course, being one of them, smart, uh, smart top. But I do want to thank our friends at Rockstar Energy, Husqvarna. Uh, they got a good one on their hands, a guy that actually cares and is busting his butt to get back to where he was. Zach, always good to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me, and uh, have a great show. You bet. It's one of the nice guys out there. I'm going to uh, tune in. I haven't heard the podcast yet, but it's I'm I'm pretty stoked. It'll be. I I would I think Mathis was right in uh, with this idea because I think it's for me to, to listen from the writer's perspective. Nobody cares what we have to say, but uh-huh. but when we interview Zach or something like that, and if he's running the show, I'd be a good podcast to listen to. You know, and I'm doing this exercise thing. Oh yeah, now so you now got time. I now I got time. So I mean, by the way, I'd like to listen to what you two guys to say because you're the experts. Mm-hmm. I'm the idiot in the box. In well, here. that's uh, true. Oh, it's on my script as well. Um, if you want to mutter, I can tell you go over to Nebraska or anywhere along the Missouri River, the Misery River, and so many folks are displaced right now, and uh, in many cases, 18, 20, 40 feet up. Um, the, it's out of it's out of the banks. The, Low Hills Harley Davidson is completely underwater. Oh my! And, and it, it's just, everywhere. Yeah, it, isn't and that, that crazy? It, it's, it's amazing just, how much water there's out there. Right thanks now. to NASA, we can look at the, the Missouri River, what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. and where it is, and where it is, and it's a good inch from space. It's a good inch wider, which I assume is a lot. 
By the way, uh, thanks to uh, our Vice President Mike Pence for coming in in Air Force Two, uh, picking up uh, Kim Reynolds, our Governor of the State of Iowa, and doing what they did in their tour. But that's that's one of the ways we apply a little bit of pressure to get federal funding. Uh, to help these people uh, return to some normalcy, yeah? I haven't heard one thing about Mike Pence since the, the election. Does he? He's been in the state. It was on the news this yeah, morning. Yeah, he, he calls pretty He came early. over. He needs to shoot somebody like the hey, last hey, vice hey, president hey. did. No, it was get an him accident. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll take a quick time out. We'll talk about vice presidents that shoot their friends. More after this. Stay tuned. <laughs> Pit pass. Chris Ulrich, you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings, and the VRM300, it's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140, it's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa, and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans and make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Jeff Aaron, 10-time trials champion, Duro Cross Racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I'm sure there are some folks out there. Jack, maybe you, Leanne, like to watch the uh, Wheel of Fortune, the most popular game show of all time, right? Um, but there's a, a bit of a war going on by some Broadway stars and Pat Sajak that call him an aging dinosaur. What's that, what's that what? all about? I don't even know. I don't get it either. Dr. Drama, um, 
Broadway Seth, Seth Radinsky, uh, who I, I actually respect, is tremendous, tremendous star for Broadway. Been working it since 90, but uh, now he's got his own show. Now, I, the last two yeah. names you said, I had no idea who you're talking it's about. It's okay. I'll talk right past you. There you go. Um, anyway, welcome back to the program. It is Pit Pass, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. Uh, by the way, if you haven't checked out Evergreen, check out all of our other great offerings. It seems the company continues to grow and uh, is dominating the podcast sphere. Uh, we've got some great stuff, and I think you might be very, very entertained. Tony, we've got another guest waiting in the pits waiting to come into the studio are you ready sir yeah we're going to talk to jgr yoshimura suzuki factory racing teams kp kyle peters number 55 kyle how are on? you ah doing great guys how are you guys doing good did you, did you know that uh mike pence was here in, in the state of iowa surveying the flooding damage no i didn't i didn't realize that yeah. Do you know who mike pence is i yeah He's the vice president. Yeah, most more people in in and out of our business, Tony, are plugged into politics and what's I going on. I can't get enough America. of that SHIT. Oh, let's so, get is more that on of it. Fox? On, let's let's do more of that on this program. No, well, let's, let's just not. talk politics. No, this is I a motorcycle show. It. Let's keep talking motorcycles. <laughs> okay, all right. All How's right. it going, KP? Uh not too bad. Just uh, out here, just finished up dinner, and uh, mm. yeah. just enjoying the life and the reason i spelled it out for two reasons what one we're on radio yes and two my mom listens and i can't swear in front of my mom well that'd be real (laughs) that is a proper upbringing look at you (laughs) yep uh sixth place in indianapolis talk about that inside the lucas oil stadium yeah it indeed was was pretty good to me um we've been improving a lot um during the season and that so uh the speed's coming up uh, along with that, uh, intensity and, and, uh, just getting more comfortable. Um, that's, that's kind of what I've been struggling with all year. Uh, just being comfortable up front and being back at the races from my knee injury last year. So, uh, yep. yeah, six, six place, not where I want to be, but, uh, we're making progress every week and, uh, we'll get up there eventually. It was an ACL, right? Last year. Yeah. ACL, MCL. Oh, both. Good for you. Good job. Just going to. Get them both done. Um, Might as well. What, yeah. was, what was the fan basis like there? What kind of support did you guys have, and, and, and who were you racing in front of? Was it a large crowd? Uh, yeah, I think it was a pretty large crowd in Indy. Uh, the the pit party was, was really good. Um, a lot of people came out, which we always have a good good amount of people now that uh, with Reed under the tent, and Weston Pike was there actually watching, and uh, that's cool. Hill and Amart. So, yeah, we, we have a... Uh, we have a really solid team, and uh, yeah, the the results aren't as good as we want them to be, but uh, we're putting in the work and trying to make it happen. How's Amar to be for a, a teammate? Is he all right? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, Amar, <laughs> he's an awesome guy. Uh, we actually lived together. Well, not together, but we stayed at Club Mex, uh a few years back together for for a few years so uh that's where i kind of met him and, and got to know him so we're we're actually pretty good friends even before he got on the team so it's uh it's good to have him on the team he's he's full of knowledge he's very uh very smart when it comes to training and that and uh yeah he's, he's awesome to be around kp kyle peters joins us out of uh, greensboro north carolina uh pj are you ready or are you gonna hang out one more question Oh, I was just admiring uh, the performance you put on. I thought it was brilliant. How's your knee doing? Uh, knee's great. Um, as strong as it's ever been. And, 
yeah, we're uh, we're moving forward. Uh, so yeah, all good. You know, the best thing about Indy is the, is White Castle right across the street. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. I, don't, I don't know about that one. What are you There's, talking about? <laughs> down, downtown, you also have the, the the Steak and Shake. That's the one that always has the line by it. The downtown Indy Steak and Shake. The Red Garter, also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also a good one. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Peters, we I guess. We could use I'm another sure. uh, two, three minutes of, uh, you know of about t- Alex? touring around bars. <laughs> Go for it. The thing about Alex is uh, that I've noticed on the Suzuki is he doesn't look as short. And I don't know if it's the the gear <laughs> or what it is, but I was at I was, I was I was with his mom and dad, actually, in Florida. And I said, you know, he and they, you know, and they're as short as him, obviously. I tower over all yeah. of them. <laughs> And I've known so Alex in '09. He uh, when he turned pro, he uh, raced for the the tie loop team. That was the one you managed, right? and I managed that team. Yeah, and so yeah. so I Kyle or uh, uh, Alex came down to my house and and we hung out and and uh, we took him to an arena cross in Des Moines. He called it the ghetto, a ghetto <laughs> arena cross or something like that. But uh, he's a good kid, and uh, he. You know what though? I think your Suzuki's look really good. I think they look really cool. Um, I work for one of your sponsors, so I'm a little biased, maybe. But uh, <laughs> mm. I work for Wiseco and, and JE and all those guys. But um, yeah, it looks good. You got to be pretty stoked on that bike. Is it fast? Yeah, um, it. The motor package we have this year is is awesome. Um, I think it can run with any bike out there, and and with I've gotten a few really good starts. So I, I kind of prove it, proving it. So, yeah, the the whole bike overall, though, the chassis has gotten better uh, than it was from last year. Um, the thing handles amazing, and uh, we just got to showcase that a little bit more in our results. But, <laughs> no, the bike's awesome. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool with uh, how they've been matching our uh, our graphics to our gear every weekend. Sure. Um, that's, that's been a really cool addition to it. But uh, Who's doing yeah, your graphics? Well, um, armored graphics. Uh, they're locally out of North Carolina. Cool. Yeah. So it, it works out good. But uh, yeah, the whole team has been has been uh, amazing so far this year, and uh, we just uh, keep on improving. How do you like living out there? You like North Carolina? Yeah, I love it. This is this is home to me. So yeah, uh, beautiful part of the with, with it with a shop JGR shop only being an hour and a half away. It's it's perfect for me i'm around my family good fit uh, yeah it's it, it couldn't be any better really uh where i want to be and training's training's not too bad in the winter it gets cold um a few days so you kind maybe can't ride it's been really wet down here this winter but uh overall like we make it work we uh we do what we can do so you you say you're you train at club uh no that we alex and i used to oh okay back uh we all just Alex stays down in Florida now, um, which uh, I'm up here with the team, and uh, we have our own tracks and uh, gym and that. So I uh, just kind of make it happen down here. How is the track at uh, JGR? I haven't been there in a long time. Is it uh, – man, I haven't paid much attention. I know they've done some stuff on social media and, and Internet or whatever, and I haven't I haven't even watched them. But uh, is, it a, is it a good facility as far as riding goes? Yeah, it, it doesn't really get much better. Um we have full blown supercross track, and then uh, we have even an extra little area where we can we can kind of do what we want. Uh, we can add 
add a section or two, make it a little longer for Daytona and that. And then we have a really big outdoor track as well, um, which uh, Spencer, uh, he's kind of a, a, a do-it-all kind of guy for the team. Uh, he comes out, preps the track for us, and, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't really get much better. So every day the track's prepped just like it, it would be at uh, a Suzuki track in California or something? Uh, no, not every day. We we leave it a little bit um, just to, to have it rougher, to have those ruts, and uh, just to kind of replicate race day uh, to the best that we can. We had Osborne on. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But we had Osborne on just before you, Zach Osborne, and we were talking about the whoops and how they kind of get cupped out and stuff. Is that hard to replicate when you've got your own track, or is there other guys that come ride that track with you to to kind of simulate what you're going to experience on a Supercross track in after the you know halfway through the main event? Yeah, it's it's really tough to replicate uh, how they just build them and they're super soft to start out the day. Um, but we do have, uh, we'll have Brandon Hartrath sometimes come out, Jacob Hayes, and, and a few few local guys that come out and uh, ride with us certain days. But when we have the whole team here, it's, it gets pretty rough with uh, with just us. <laughs> I would imagine. And, and uh, you know, the, the um, when I was in uh, Daytona, uh, I was talking to uh, the, your truck driver, Brian. Yeah. I know maybe he drives the, does he drive your truck or the other truck? Whatever. Uh, he drives our truck. Okay, so I was talking to Brian. I know him from 100 years ago. And yeah. uh, we were just talking about <clears throat> how they have the engine builders. They'll take one week, one engine builder will, will come to the race, and the other guy will stay home and work. And then they swap every week. And the the data acquisition that they have on these motorcycles is people don't, if they're not there and they don't see it and they don't pay attention, they've got laptops and they can tell you, you know how how many times you pull the clutch in and win and 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 the revs and stuff like that on these 450s but i didn't see it on the 250s are they able to do the same things on your rmz 250 as they are the 450 yeah we have the we have the exact same uh data acquisition on our bikes uh as well as well as the 450s yeah it's it's pretty pretty incredible what they can what they can look at and see where you're where exactly you're at and uh when you're shifting and when you're when you're not shifting and uh it's it's yeah it's pretty hectic they uh when you say you're wide open and they they can go back and be like oh well uh-uh. <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's it's been huge in road racing for quite a long time are they now at the point i'm asking kyle like do you guys have GPS? Are you being located on the racing surface as well as, you know, all of the inputs from the bike, of course? Um, I don't think that we have that. Uh, it, with our data as of right now, they may. They just, I may just be clueless. Uh, dirt bikes, <laughs> you, can, you can figure out where you're at on a track. I think a little easier from the data. You sure. know, the, the, the suspension stroke tells you when you're in the whoops and, and when you do a big yeah. jump and stuff. So my question is, yeah. as a follow-up, is it real-time data uh, acquisition, or is that something that has to be offloaded or downloaded or even uploaded uh, at the completion of uh, the race? Uh, yeah, they come in after every race and upload it to the computers and okay. then go back to book. And, and it's, not, it. it's not legal in Supercross or Motocross to do what you're talking about, Scott, and I don't think it is in road racing either, but maybe it is. I don't know. that they. It's not real. It's not lifetime data acquisition it's it's after the fact they come in and then the boys hook it up to the laptop and they're 
and, and who knows what they do with that information. I mean, none of us here would be would even know what to do with that. It's, it's an interesting yeah. topic. Actually, street bikes now, you can program them. Is uh, that right? Via, yeah, absolutely. An R1 or wow. Ducati, they have GPS self-locating. Once you ride a lap on a track, you can start labeling corners and going, I got all right, it. I want different shift points at this corner. I want back shifting different. It's insane. Pretty soon, Kyle, you don't even have to ride the bike. We will be able to do it remotely. <laughs> you don't have to leave, leave the house. That, there's that's the, even scarier. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there's no. rhythms that, that are big enough now where it's like, ah, man, I don't really want to hit that, but I'm going to have to anyways. And when someone else is going to have the remote control and you're on it, that's the way worse. So how, how about that? When you're, when you're, you're out there and you're watching – Forkner, one of them guys, or any of them, or, or even the when the 450s start doing it, you know the 250s are gonna are looking at it. Is there oh, times when you're like, I don't want it, you know, like that one at Daytona, man, that was big and stupid. I thought the one that was going north, you know, the far north end there towards, you know, to the one yeah. side. I'm glad I don't have to do those things <laughs> ever because it scared me watching them. They are very scary. Yeah, it's uh, that that one at Daytona. I wasn't the biggest fan of. Um, it was it was really really big, and uh, even in press day, you know, I, I was watching press day and whatnot, and in that rhythm where before they changed it, uh, they were they were going three four four four, and I was like like that shouldn't even be possible. <laughs> like, that's not okay. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, once we see the 450 guys hitting something, it's, uh, it's kind of like... You're uh, stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We, it's that it's or your 17th now. place back there with Stephen Clark or somebody, you know? Or Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you got to do it. Kyle Peters has been our guest, and uh, good job out of you, Kyle. Uh, best to everybody down there in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's uh, right in Eddie Kulenkamp's backyard. But uh, also the Suzuki, uh, the Suzuki machines are doing well. Final question: Percentage when you do well, how much of it is you, and how much is of it is equipment? Oh man, percentage. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. You can think about it. We'll have you back on next week. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, that works for me. But no, the, the biking, biking team's amazing. Uh, I could, I couldn't do as well as I'm doing without the, all the help and support from from all our engine guys and suspension guys and Buddy and, and J Bone and it's it's definitely a team effort. Roll uh, through the sponsors. You get thirty seconds. Go. <laughs> oh yeah, the whole JGR Yoshimir Suzuki team. Uh, Answer, Rye, Scott, Garnet, uh, CTNE braces. Uh, Oh man, Dunlop, uh, Armor Graphics, Pro Taper. There's there's so many different people that uh, make this make this whole thing happen, and uh, can't do it without them. All right, Tony uh, finished seventh at the most recent round in Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, of course our star Zach Oz, excuse me, uh, Kyle Peters has been a guest. He had a different type of finish actually. He finished sixth in Indianapolis. <laughs> Well, you never know. You never know how you're going to do, Kyle, depending on what you say. Show. T- tell right. Buddy we're, um, he doesn't intimidate me anymore. Oh. He used to when I was racing. I think he's getting shorter. I do. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, all right, bud. Thank you so much, KP. We'll talk to you soon, man. 
There we go, KP to the pits. Um, this portion of our program brought to you by Hicklin Power Sports. Look for them online, hicklinpowersports.com. But uh, if you haven't been in the shop lately, it's not a shop. It's a superstore. And I know Bart Hicklin has an idea of what he wants his stores to look like, whether it's the Honda shop in Ames, Iowa, or whether it's the uh, primarily Yamaha and KTM shop out there in, in Grimes. But right now, uh, great prices on all the new bikes. Absolutely. We've got uh, a whole bunch of 19s coming in, ready to hit the floor. 19s, and are they clamoring for them? Do you have any 18s uh, remaining? What's that not, inventory not reduction? Not a heck of a lot of any uh, 18s left. Uh, we've got some snowmobiles, and those have been slowly getting picked away at. Uh, so, Are been, you getting a lot of sleds in right now for end-of-season uh, uh, prep to be put away? No, they really not a lot. More watercraft are starting to come in though. Okay, get ready for the water. Yeah. Snowmobiles kind of put themselves away. I'm getting ready to winterize winterize my sea dew. Is it too late? It's a little late. Dang it! Just put Tony. the gas in and go ride. Oh well. Somebody needs to slap you, silly. All right. Uh, by the way, if you haven't caught the new podcast uh, we have on iHeart, I encourage you to do so. Uh, a guy named Ron. Do you know what I'm talking about when I say Ron, the original Anchorman? Yeah. It is hysterical. I've watched or listened to five of them in a row twice last night. Check out the Ron Burgundy podcast available on iHeartMedia in the app. You will laugh, I'm sure, as hard as I did. It's brought to you in part by Charmin. Be good to your tail end like Ron does. Use Charmin toilet tissue. Back after this. Hey, I'm Stuart Baylor. I'm a bad dude in the woods, and you're listening to Fed Pass Radio. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com it's much more than a piston company wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products including forged pistons precision forged clutch baskets and hubs crankshafts camshafts forged connecting rods and valves at wiseco we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle atv snowmobile personal watercraft outboard marine engine or automobile on the market today after 70 years in the business wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco america's motor racing talk show pit pass motor racing weekly comes your way each sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 
This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel injected 321cc liquid cooled parallel twin engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. This is John Hopkins, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Welcome back to the show, Pit Pass, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. Scott Casper with you, Tony Wink sitting to the left, P.J. Duran to the right. Just keeping the two of them separated is a job in and of itself. Jack and Leanne DeLeon providing some leadership in that regard. Do want to thank Chris Bishop uh, for all his uh, monster posts on the Facebook. Great picks, by the way, out of that uh, young man. Uh, Valentino Rossi has a very, it's one of the best pictures I've seen of Rossi, but it's also one of the best pieces of work I've seen out of Bishop. So thanks to Chris and Tommy Boy for their uh, contribution, and uh, we appreciate that. Overnight, a big fire here in Des Moines. Just want to take a a minute to uh, tip my cap to members of the Des Moines Police Department. It was a third-floor apartment building, and it was so hot, the fire was out of control, and there were people throwing their kids. Total, one, two, and three. Three kids went out the window, and there were uh, members of the Des Moines Police Department, four of them, that caught them and uh, delivered them uh, safely. But what's really unique is that they didn't stop there. They were able to save everybody in those apartment buildings. So tip of the cap to our buddies, uh, Paul Parizic and his gang over there, at uh, the Des Moines Police Department. And by the way, if you haven't thanked a local cop, thank him now. Kevin Schneider's my guy, Polk County Sheriff, running for it, current Polk County Sheriff, and I do love me some Kevin Schneider. So with that, we go to Tony Wink. Tony, you've got some, uh, you've got another guest waiting in the wing. Yes, sir. We got Henry Wiles, who uh, is kind of become a regular and, and one of our favorites. Kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Just ask him mm. or just ask us. He joins us now, AFT racer Henry Wiles, returning from uh, what Florida. How you How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're we're pleased having you uh, back in the show with us. You finished. Well, talk about your Daytona experience, would you? Yeah, uh, we had a we had a pretty good time. Ended up second. Uh, the track was pretty fun. We got to get up on the uh, banking. I think that was. Uh, a better show for the fans. I think it made it a, a faster track than what we've had there in the past at Daytona. Uh, overall, I think it was an awesome idea. Um, I I'm, I foresee them doing it again, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I think you know they'll keep making that track better for us. They have every year actually, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Yes, they have, uh, Henry. It's 
you're you're a TT specialist, known to be a TT specialist. So to the surprise of no one, there you were battling pretty much the entire race. Um, how I mean the not so much actually in the, the twins class that I recall, but more in the singles class. There was a lot of guys who maybe seemed to struggle coming off the pavement where. Perhaps they were a little uh, overzealous with the application of that front brake. How did you find that transition from pavement to dirt? Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, the yeah, it was pretty slick coming into the corner there. So you go from you know maximum traction to having the having it maybe be just a little bit dry slick right there. So definitely had to be careful. I know for our twins main event, I thought there was. A good amount of rubber laid down and it was uh pretty good but uh definitely a tricky section because if you weren't getting in there hot enough you were going to get crushed by somebody else that was getting in there and if you got in there too hot then you were going to blow the line so i think it made for great racing and you know it definitely benefited the guys that could be on the brakes hard um you know and i, I think there's a range of things that depended on that, you know, as far as the, the rider, him or herself, and, and the uh, the bike setup. Boy, I tell you, there was a lot of naysaying about it going into it, and, and I'll be honest, I was a little nervous, and I was a little gun-shy to be supportive of it, and I, you know, I just said it'll be interesting to see, and, and kind of, because I didn't want to, you know, eat, eat my own words, but, you know, and you're, you're screwing the tire into the the side of the rim and that kind of thing you know it's like a lot could go wrong you know and and it just seemed to me like it was a a recipe for disaster you know for a lot of guys because like you say you gotta if you're not gonna run it in somebody's gonna go psycho into you and and uh you've got to be aggressive and it's pretty tough when you're going in from a from a concrete to a dry slick what was tire management like for you and and i and i commend them i'm saying that i'm glad i didn't speak out and say i think it sucked because it obviously it didn't um but you know like you say there's some there's room for improvement and it's kind of hard to sheep's foot um track when it's backed up to concrete and that kind of thing so um yeah what was honestly in my opinion uh at, at some point, you got to turn us loose. You know, I mean, we're there's 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 a lot of good motorcycle riders in our series, and you know, in, in my opinion, at which some ones? Point, you you got to. I'm kidding. You I'm kidding. Baby, enough. No, I know, I know. But you know, if there's guys that can, you know, triple quad the section, I don't see any reason why we can't go from pavement to dirt, dirt to pavement. I mean, <laughs> I've seen pretty simple and yeah sure our bikes are heavy but um you know it's uh it's an interesting time in our series and i believe that uh michael watt definitely has the right idea and things are going great for our series it's getting a lot more attention than it has in the past we're jumping 340 pound motorcycles and you know it's game on yeah it's real deal now. I mean, it's about it. It always has been real deal, and, and you know, we flat track is the original extreme sport, you know, and and flat track's the oldest deal. But it's it ain't it ain't your grandpa's flat track series that that we're watching now, and that you guys are racing. Michael Locke has yes, a cool yeah, accent. Come, come, yeah, come 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 jump my three hundred and forty pound motorcycle and 
tell me if you don't get a little pucker factor. Right. Uh, no, thanks. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that one as <laughs> yeah. well. I mean, I might jump it, but I ain't going to do what you're doing probably. But uh... I, I have some uh, pretty reliable data that shows uh, one time I jumped 108 foot. And that was just, uh, I mean, what may appear to be a baby jump. Yeah. But all things considered, 108 foot pretty pretty good on one of these Indian motorcycles. Yeah, talk about your equipment, will you, compared to what you, you were racing last year? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and then just to uh, throw it out there, too, tire, tire wear wasn't really a, a factor, I don't believe, you know, with the pavement. I know you'd ask about that. So uh, I think for the most part, tire wear was good. Um, the pavement definitely did wear the tires a little bit different than just the dirt would. But um, riding the Indian this year compared to the Kawasaki that I rode the last couple of years in, in uh, Daytona, um, definitely happy that we could show that we'd be a front runner all day on, on the Indian because I know uh, there were some people, I think, questioning it, <laughs> it, you know, and if we would, uh, and, and if I would do well on one of these twin motorcycles, if I wasn't on that Kawasaki on, on the PT style track, I, I felt I had a pretty good idea that I knew what I was going to, you know, be able to do and accomplish. And, um, you know, Brian Bigelow, he's been working super hard and tireless hours to, get me dialed in and it showed our our bikes look sexy and uh we had them set up pretty good we're, we're still working on everything but uh you know for our first race on a tt i was pretty happy with it we know we probably got a little bit more work to do but uh it's going to be really good once we get everything dialed in and and you know and that's just the tt so we got to race a whole series to win this championship and we're going to have to went on some of these other tracks and be on the podium to, uh, you know, be consistent and win this thing. But uh, overall, I'm pretty happy with the Indian on the, on the TT. So the, the Kawasaki compared to the Indian is, you know, it was a little bit of a give and a take, I guess. And the Indian being an obvious, just set up for dirt track bike, we had to kind of make it Henry proof in, in some areas. So, I didn't just break that thing in half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Peoria <laughs> so is going to be so another good. test, right? Peoria is going to be another <laughs> test. Do you, you get some practice time there to make sure it's up to the, the that it's Henry proof there as well? Yeah. There's a, there's a warm up race there, I believe, this year. Um, just like there has been in the past few years. And I'm pretty confident we'll probably attend just to, uh, you know, check it out. Because, you know, obviously I, I haven't read it there and others have. So. We'll probably are are going to want to be ready. So maybe a few more guys will show up this year after listening to this interview. Because if you don't, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll see you at the finish. I'm a little nervous for you, at Peoria. I, I kind of want to see you ride that Kawasaki, so you can just keep the thing rolling. I know you will if you're on that Kawasaki. Now, yeah, don't be nervous. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you well. I I know that you've got that place dialed, and there's just something about it. But uh, you've got another race coming up here real quick. Yep. Woodstock, right? Yes. Dixie Speedway. Talk about that. Dixie Speedway. The, uh, the, it's presented by Yamaha. We're seeing Yamahas cool. uh, coming back into the sport, which I think is huge. Um, the bike looks yeah, really cool. A lot of manufacturers 
coming coming back into the sport this year. I'm stoked. Right? It, it's it's it, is it going to translate for the riders though to make real money yeah. doing this? Uh, I believe so. Eventually, I think, uh, there's there's uh, I think a few guys that are already making some good money. Um, I think overall, it, it is already translating. You know, with some of the contingency programs that are going on. So, um, you know, obviously, you're going to have to be a good rider, but uh, a privateer like myself is going to be able to make more money than I was once able to make. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. I mean, so do you think that most for the, in general, everybody that's racing AFT, their contracts or their paychecks are performance-based, and I know that, Win money is one thing, but I'm talking about from your ride, you know, from your from your sponsors and that kind of thing. Do, when you go into that, do you set it up? I mean, I've built a race program for for Arena Cross, did it for Supercross for five years, and we weren't at a level. Unfortunately, we weren't at a level where we could say, "Hey, I've got, you know, I've got Ricky Carmichael." I had we had to go earn our paycheck. So, is that kind of how you you're your situation is or other people's situation in AFT, is it a performance-based yeah. contract where you have to go earn contingency? And then, and if so, how far back are sponsors willing to pay? Do they care about a sixth place? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe that uh, uh, quite a few of the manufacturers are paying at least until 10. So um, I, I, I don't have the, the contingency sheet in front of me right now, so I, I don't want to be quoted wrong, but I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Yamaha, Suzuki, Honda, uh, Indian. KTM in the light class. KTM, yeah. I'm pretty sure pretty much all of those um, manufacturers are paying till 10. And, uh, you know, the the breakdown for Indian changed a little bit, but if you can be a winner, good for you. It's going to change in the the betterment for you. But uh, I think there are some guys getting paid a salary for sure, and um, my situation isn't really like that, unfortunately. But uh, I mean, sign me up. I'm 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 worthy of that. <laughs> Thirty second roll, baby. Who you got to thank? Oh man, I got to thank uh, Brian Bigelow. He's he's been working his tail off on these bikes, and just all of our supporters, uh, Pro X, Magnum, Motion Pro. Uh, Goon Glass, TPD Suspension, Arc Levers, Shirai Batteries, Wilco Racing, Banded Industries is a big one, Belisi Moto, Super Light Sprocket, Lakeside Motorsport, another big one. Uh, out of time, dude. Racing. Yeah, we're out but, of time. Yeah, just all the people uh, helped me out. They're- Good job to you, Hen, and we'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Our number two is coming up, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires. 
starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. It's Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latrone. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Well, I'd like to say live from our palatial studios in San Diego, California. But I'm not. I'm going to say it's from Des Moines, Iowa. That's where we're at. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, live from the iHeart Studios. And I do want to recognize our corporate sponsor, and that is our presenting sponsor. No, they're not. They're our partners. They're our bosses. Evergreen Podcast. What? what can we ever get our, our copier fixed? I mean, it, it the, the whole center part of that first paragraph is gone. i got to make it all up. And it's just it's not professional, Jack. Is there something we can do collectively as a people? Not my monkey, not my circus. <laughs> Can't hear you. Took my headphones off. Of course. Anyway, you did. Uh, welcome back to the show, Scott Casper, with you, Tony Wink, as always. PJ Duran here. Um, do want to thank Tommy Boy Halverson, Chris Bishop for their contributions. Jack and Leon De Leon, our producers. And uh, first hour, missed it. Go back and grab it. Zach Osborne started things up in style. Kyle Peters came along, made us laugh, and filled us in on what's going on and how he is uh, doing. And then Henry Wiles was just a few minutes late, but nonetheless. He graced us with his presence due up. Hour number two on the program, Jeff May, but we start the hour off with Kyle Wyman. He joins us. Kyle, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Man, we're good, and I want to congratulate you. I'm the first guy on Pit Pass, anyway, to congratulate you, but I bet it's been a pretty fun week so far. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been great. Feels feels awesome. That is, and we asked somebody. I think it was DeSalvo a couple of weeks ago when we had him on. Do you get the Do you get the rolly when you win, or was that a qualifying only thing? Yeah, now it's when you win. It used to be. It was pole. a qualify. It was Super Pole that got you the Daytona. Now the win gets. It's which is the way it should be. 
Yeah, to the winner go the spoils. Right. So you got a new Rolex you're rocking around town. Cheers to you, sir. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Pretty surreal still. What do you take for it? Sorry? <laughs> He's trying to buy oh, your watch. <laughs> what do you take <laughs> for it? For Has anybody asked you yet? No, they, uh, you know, they're so far so good. I don't, I haven't really worn it around much, so, you know. Oh man, I'd be wearing it right now. Uh, that's it. It is awesome, and what a great race, Kyle. I mean, it it varies. It's it's a long race. It's an endurance race, and uh, the the way this one played out just reminds uh, fans of endurance racing. You know, it's never over till it's over. Um, for our listeners who didn't get to watch, you know, there was you got a bit of a reprieve with about four laps left. You were a little bit off the lead group and looked certain to have a podium locked up. But thanks to the well, unfortunately for the for the bad luck of one rider, uh, brought the group back together and the lead lap came together for a four lap sprint. Uh, you, you did an amazing job. What what was going through your head on the line? Well, I mean, I, I knew I had to lead it, actually, which sounds so weird. But um, I was ha- having a lot of struggles drafting to the line the whole race, you know, the whole first stint, even in the pack racing and stuff. I, I just was not able to make it happen to the line from the chicane. So my strength was in the infield and coming out on, you know, onto the, sh- onto the banking. And um, I just I knew I had to try to lead it, try to break away. You know, I, I feel like we all had our own, uh, we all had our share of, of bad luck, I think, in this deal. But, you know, everything came back, and there were six of us on the lead lap. We all had a chance to win it, and I put my head down and got to make it happen. So I'm just grateful and thankful and worked out pretty good. Yeah, there's, and no implication is being made that you did not well and goodly deserve this win, Kyle. It You have to run all 200 miles. That's always been the case with this race. This is not the first, nor do I imagine it'll ever be the last time that something happens in the late laps, bringing the field back together. It's happened historically in this race a lot, and it's just part of the deal. Um, it really did look like... Uh, <laughs> you were struggling there, though. That's that's funny you said that. I, I really was paying attention, obviously, along with everyone else watching that last four laps because it got real entertaining after it had uh, slowed down a little bit, at least from the fans' perspective. It got real entertaining for that last sprint. Uh, what do you think it was? They, I mean, were you out of gear? Was that the problem? I don't know. It just it, it seemed like I was kind of – we had a thing geared really tall, and I was kind of in between gears on the banking, so – I was either really revved out or I was kind of lugging it, depending on it. Just the timing of being able to get a drafted pull out and keep pulling wasn't there for me. It was pretty well geared for running by myself, obviously. You know, So maybe that's something we got to look at. It's just kind of a strategy thing. But um, you know, luckily, we, we had such uh, you know, Pirelli tires work good. We had you know, four-lap sprint so we could go light fuel load, new tires, and, um, you know, I, I feel like I had to win that race twice almost, you know, in the second stint, I found that I had some pace, and I decided to pull the pin, built a five-second gap, and then we didn't actually lose it in the pits, we lost it all on the, on the in-lap, I ran out of gas on the last lap of the second stint, and my lead evaporated, the guys came blind, you know, flying by me 
in NASCAR four before I pulled in. So yeah, it was just highs and lows of a 200 mile race that lasts so long. You know, it's like for a while I was like, okay, I'm third. I got to conserve fuel. Cause I don't know if that was a dump can issue or what that made me run out in the second stint. So I pretty much accepted my fate at third, which I thought for running out of fuel at one point is a pretty damn good result, you know? And, and my initial reaction to the red flag was that I was bummed because I didn't think I would have a chance in, in the pack. You know, I knew I had a chance and, you know, maybe if there was two other guys, I could put my head down and, and break away. But I, I didn't think I had a chance in a restart pack like that. So I was, I was bummed at first. And then, you know, I said, I got to try it. What do you think out. about a uh, unrelated or not so unrelated? There were a number of guys who uh, we will not call them couch potatoes because they just ran a 200. But there are a number of guys that aren't actively campaigning uh, full seasons, such as yourself. We know you and your training regimen to be, uh, you know, world class. You're in killer shape. There were a couple older guys right in the mix there, well past the halfway point when you would expect, uh, maybe expect uh, guys who weren't 100% fit to uh, keep keep being there. Well, I mean, I think it, what do you think it says about uh, a number of the guys out there? There's, it's a pretty good list, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's Daytona. You got you got a little bit of time to catch your breath. You know, I think Daytona is not really like hard on the heart. You know, it's not like a really physical track. It's hard on the joint because you're just like your knees are bent for two hours. You're looking as if you're trying to look straight up or over the back of your head for two hours. Your neck's just, I mean, the red flag was terrible because that's when you realize how much pain you're in from like holding, you know, certain positions and stuff if you got injuries like i've broken vertebrae in my neck and stuff so my neck is just wrecked in the 200 burns right you know? just horrible like i just want to go flag to flag because i don't want to realize you know how much pain i'm in you know and have to go back out and ride more so that was that was kind of part of it but i mean it's just uh yeah I mean, it's cool to see everybody up in there good fight good names proper field you know a lot of a lot of good names in there that could have really won it um that's why it makes it even even sweeter to have come away with with a win and um we're definitely gonna have to come back next year and defend it now for sure and can you describe for me and, and, and maybe our listeners I mean, for me in my case i've been in D- D- daytona several times and you know I, I got and i go there for the supercross or why i have always gone in the past but uh, uh you know the you don't realize how steep the banking is at Daytona. And I've done several track days, but never road raced, but never ridden on anything like that. And I always wonder what that would be like. And I've watched you guys race in there and, you know, and, and I've stood on the wall on the outside and watched and it's so cool. And you guys look like you're about two inches from the wall and maybe you are, but, uh, what's that like as a rider to go around that wall? It's to me, it just seems like it'd be, a lot of g-force for one thing and uh just just really cool i would think no it it is really cool it's uh it's special i mean coming there for a long time now it's just it's just normal you know you're kind of used to it but i remember my first time and the the best way for me to explain it is like it's almost like you're in a loop because you're you know you have the g-force it feels like you're straight up and down but you're almost perpendicular to the ground and you can't see the end of the banking when you enter it 
So when you first get up in there, you can't even look far enough ahead to see where it ends, and it feels like you're straight up and down. It feels like you're in an endless loop. Yeah, and having done, I have raced uh, at a, a NASCAR Speedway at Nashville when it used to be an operating racetrack, uh, r- raced where there, nothing like Daytona, but man, the on and off of the banking was brutal. I mean, I would smash my chin bar. I mean, is that even, I see you guys coming out of, that's the International Horseshoe, right? When you wheelie out of there, out of the chicane and up onto the banking? It's a smooth transition. At it Daytona. is. It even turns, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You know, the only the only time you have an issue is if you're kind of tight coming out of six on the other side on the west banking. If you're tight, you got you know a bigger, grade steeper, steeper grade. Apron, you know, it, it becomes a little bit uh, a little abrupt of a of a change there, but typically it's not a big deal. Yeah, that's uh, it is it is a different thing, and yeah, that track is long enough. Uh, yeah, that's got to be wild. Pin it without knowing exactly where your exit point is till you get there. That is that it's got to be a little unsettling, isn't it? Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> you get used to it, it's what you say. You get used to yeah. it. Well, I mean this this portends well for your season, doesn't it, Kyle? Uh, it's got to make your sponsors happy. It's got to make you happy. Put a little gas money in the tank. Are you uh, stoked and ready for the season to kick off? What Circuit of the Americas is? Uh, the first official round of your full season, right? Uh, Road Amer- or Road Atlanta, actually. Sorry, sorry, I'm, I've we've got. got the- yep, we've got uh, Road Am- Road Atlanta. God, I keep doing that. Road Atlanta first. Road America is my favorite track. I just love it. So. Me too. We go. We go to Atlanta, and that's our season opener. We used to kick it off at Coda, but being kind of the sideshow with uh, MotoGP, it's better for Moto America to have their own debut. You know round of the year and stuff like that so it's um yeah it's coming up two and a half weeks we uh we got some work to do on these ducatis yeah and are you i mean how is development going i assume you've uh I mean, do you get to work someone at your level you're clearly a talented and professional race organization team manager you, you wear a lot of hats do you get data from anybody in europe who's clearly been racing this machine and might have the you know at least the ability to share something useful. Yeah, that's really been the um, the best part of our relationship with Ducati is the uh, connection to Ducati Corsa. I mean, it's been almost daily conversations with those guys, passing down stuff that they learn. Uh, even you know, big congrats from those guys from winning the two hundred this weekend. That was pretty cool to see. You know that they're they're kind of watching from over there. So yeah, it's been a really good really good relationship so far we've got a lot to learn there's no question you've, but, you've uh, having their them in our corner is a huge help learn learn on uh you're gonna have some on the job training here real quick right and <laughs> uh your gary dean is that right is he he's uh involved yep. in your yep so I, I thought that's what i was i was thinking uh so, so you've got uh you know, two and a half weeks, do you have any kind of testing in between now and then, or is it a matter of just loading the trailer and getting going? We may not get the test. It might. We might just show up at Atlanta. We'll, we'll have to see. We're going to try to sneak in two days in, in Arizona if we can, but um, nothing's guaranteed at this point. We've got a lot of work to do still, and, um, you know, we just got to put together something that's going to get there and be consistent and make race distance with the fuel and just build from there 
but we've got a pretty good plan and see how it comes together. Well, clearly, if you're watching uh, anything happening in World Superbike, uh, the bike is now six for six if we're counting these Super Pole races. So that's got to at least uh, make you feel good uh, and to know the package can be a race winner uh, against some of the best in the world. I mean, does that even play into anything for you, Kyle, or is it 100% about what happens under your garage roof? Yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly what's happening here. You know, we got the bikes two weeks ago. They've had them for a year, a year and a half. You know what I mean? So it definitely is a little bit steeper for us, but the potential's there. I mean, I've ridden the bike in stock trim, and it just blows away anything else I've ever ridden, honestly. Really? So, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's purpose-built homologation special. I mean, it's it's definitely a race bike out of the box. So hopefully it comes in at a higher level right out of the gate, and then our development will be highly influenced by Ducati Corsa, and we, we will do our best to follow their instructions because it seems like they kind of know what they're doing over there. <laughs> just pull the turn signals off and you're ready to go. It sounds like it's easy. You make it yeah. sound so easy. Got winglets, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it ready. absolutely does. It's uh, it's clearly been an impressive machine uh, everywhere it's gone. That's that is a uh, high praise coming from a guy like you. You've ridden most of the packages out there at least briefly and spent a good time on uh, the one that's done really well here in the United States uh, in our series. So that's uh, it, that is. It's saying interesting something. to hear. It is definitely saying something. Uh, not every guy can say it and mean as much as uh, when Kyle Wyman does. Any any other new developments in your race team? Anything that's got you real excited? Obviously, the bike being the big one. Yeah, I mean, it's been a culmination of things. Um, you know, some new sponsors. Genuine Brewster Chicken's coming on board for a couple rounds to help us out. Really pumped that they're going to stick around in the paddock this year. Um, you know, picking up some help here and there that's going to be uh, a big deal moved to alpine stars gear this year i'm excited about that how is that you know, there's just awesome just amazing amazing equipment as you'd expect but um but yeah i mean it's uh it's really cool i've got also so gary dean is back of course i've i've actually brought in uh darren marshall from uh he w- he worked with the uh, yoshimura crew last year and he's going to be doing our electronics this year and um, we're going to be working with Ducati Corsa on their kit Morelli system that we're going to implement probably by the fourth round of the season so I'm excited about that I've never ridden on those sophisticated electronics but uh, we're going to we're going to go for it because Ducati has built their own software and program and everything to uh, to work with their V4R and they're going to help us get it set up and rolling so that's going to be really cool that is, I mean, you're essentially talking World Superbike kit now. I mean, that is yep. the very, you're going to be rolling essentially the same package that they, that Mr. Bautista is so dominant with right now. Yep, we'll have some baselines and, you know, we'll be able to definitely work with those guys directly to help us get on a path of our own. You know, tracks are different, tires are different stuff's different you know it's same but different you know there's just uh, we've got to make it work for me and how i ride on these tracks and uh hopefully come up with a package that suits me pretty well and we'll see what we're capable of absolutely that is uh 
that is absolutely witnessed in our uh, in the the most recent of uh, World Superbike races. I'm a huge fan of Chaz Davis. Have been ever since he started racing here as a very young racer in uh, the AMA series, and he's been an absolute terror on the Ducati until this season. And he seems to be a little bit struggling as his teammates really putting it down. I don't know what to think of that. Well, I mean, I, I, I'd be speaking out of turn if I was going to speak to that at all, you know. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Chaz is a great rider, and I think he'll figure it out. Kyle, you want to thank some of the sponsors that helped you go racing this past week and, and then in the future this, this coming season? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have plenty of time to talk about Ducati, so I want to really give a huge shout-out to the NC Track Days crew, Bobblehead Moto, the entire group of guys that got us a, a Daytona 200 championship. It's just unbelievable amount of support from them. They really gave me, like, a, a factory feel. Like, they just t- took care of everything. I still helped plan a lot of the stuff, but they let me come in there and be relaxed and be a rider, and I think that's really why we were able to take it home, so... Just huge thanks to those guys, and can't wait to come out to some of their track day events on the East Coast and just do up rides and coach and all that. That's Kyle Wyman celebrating his first Daytona 200 victory. Congratulations, Kyle. Thank you. You get to say that all year, Kyle, for the next entire year. I won the last 200. That's right. Yep. Awesome. All right, Kyle Wyman's been our guest. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to another fella who is, uh, has competed in the Daytona 200, Jeff May. This is Pit Pass. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Jeremy McGrath, and you're listening to Pit Pass Moto Racing Weekly. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four-stroke. Strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT-approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow-rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. No speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans. Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks 
you too can have the Racetech Suspension Advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, uh, this is Roger DeCosta, uh, team manager for Red Bull KTM, and uh, you guys uh, better li- listen to Pit Pass. I want to give a big shout out to um, Racetech, the science of suspension. For nearly 30 years, Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and ATVs. Visit their website at racetech.com, and you will find a lot of of uh, guys using Racetech and Supercross now a lot more than you used to. Um, and it's, it has to do, I think, with um, management and uh, some of the people they brought on. They've really, you know, Racetech back in the day was cutting edge. And, and then there was a time, I think, when the OEM stuff pretty much was A-kit type stuff from three or four years ago. And, it's, and they've really had to go to work to improve on what OEM shims, valves, and that kind of thing's um, would uh, suspension setups would be in off road, and so now Race Tech has has really uh, come a long way. So um, I know firsthand through uh, some of the through myself as a rider and through some of the uh, guys that are a little more um, accomplished than me that uh, Race to, to say the least. Uh, Race Tech has has really come a long way. So if uh, if it's good enough for the guys in Supercross, it's surely uh, good enough for all of us. So I. I Encourage everybody to check it out, racetech.com. All right, we just finished up a conversation with uh, the guy that won the Daytona 200, Kyle Wyman. He's uh, he's talked, he touched on that and uh, his program coming up this year on the Ducati. We go now to Jeff May, another fellow who's been on the show many, many times, and we are excited to have him back. Welcome back, Jeff May. How are you? What's up, guys? How you doing? Man, we're better than... Uh, we deserve. We deserve, for Be- sure. Better than we deserve. Fastest banker in America we're talking to, though. 
No, the world, man. Come on. Fastest banker in the world. Get it straight, Doran. Fastest banker in the world. That was a heck of a good race. Uh, You were in with the lead group right to the end there. Uh, How'd the the early part of the race go? We know how the end went, but the the early part of the race, you were were right in there for the first uh, measurable portion of the race. Yeah, we managed to stay on the lead lap even with a – I had a stop-and-go penalty that the fans' choice guys didn't really cover – um, they did not because I watched it, I, and I wondered what happened. Actually, yeah, we had a little we had a little incident where the front wheel wasn't quite out yet when the fuel guy went to put the fuel on. Um, one of the fuel, one the guy on the back tire actually yelled clear, and we weren't clear. So the fuel guy went and dumped the fuel, and uh, they were still working on the bike. So that's a ride through penalty, and they I didn't even see it, but they called me on it. So. I came in and did my fastest possible stop and go ever and uh, <laughs> managed to only lose, I think, like 20-something seconds. So it wasn't a bad in-and-out lap at all, but uh, that put me farther back, but I still managed to stay on the lead lap. And then with the crazy NASCAR-style uh, finish there at the end there, it's, uh, I was like, man, I got a shot at winning this thing. <laughs> Pretty crazy. And it's not the first time we were we were just talking to Wyman, as Tony said, uh this isn't the, you've been at a lot of Daytonas, Jeff. Uh, as as American racers go, you've been there quite a lot. I mean, you've had this happen before, right? Maybe not this exact number of laps, but it's happened, right? Yeah, I mean, it's happened before, you know. And I, I thought about it for both sides, you know, for the fans' sake. I thought it was great, you know. As a as a racer, though, you're like, man, this sucks. I just rode 54 laps. You did what you did. Establish your position. You got guys that got robbed, and you got guys that hand, got handed a gift. But at the end of the day, that creates a whole lot of excitement for the fans. And, you know, our sport needs that. I think that's more important. And that is, that's why we go racing, right? I mean, that's 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 why we are race fans, and that's why you guys go racing to, to uh, you know, to try to be the best in that situation, right? Yeah, you know, that's racing, right? Like, you say that even when we don't have a red flag and, you fall down trying to win or something, or the guy in front of you falls down, and then you win the race, and you inherit it. So that's racing. Things I'm, happen. It's a gamble, and that's why we love it, because it's exciting, and you never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. I'm just, I think back to years past, some of the crazy things we've seen at Daytona. Guys spread eagle in the middle of the track to force a red flag. Guys doing flying drop kicks on the banking. There's there's a laundry list of things that have happened at Daytona that really that is uh, in my memory, and I'm not the oldest guy around. Uh, this doesn't even rank really as all that uh, earth shattering. It's just the way the race played out, and it again it does happen. Uh, it happens at the world level as well. I mean, we've seen more. Yeah. You know, also, guys, they did the best job they could because it wasn't like a scenario where, oh, they threw a red flag because, you know, this or that or, you know, some, some bogus stuff. I mean, I think it was Jason Aguilar was laying on the racetrack. Yeah. Out, it looked like he wasn't doing so well when I came by and he was in turn one. I guess someone said his brakes didn't work or he didn't pump his brakes leaving the pit stall and he smashed into the wall and flipped over into the racetrack. So, yeah, it was a necessary red flag for sure. Absolutely, and again, it's just the way it works out. It could be any racer, and every racer deserves the same privilege. Get help to me, if possible, when I need it. Exactly. You know, I, when I, I can remember when I was like 17 racing motocross, I did the same thing. I laid in the middle of the track 
and played because I went down, right? And I was playing possum. I, I was. Uh, it's been done on TV before. I'm, I'm telling you, it was done at Daytona on a live national broadcast. Uh-huh. A very well-known racer went down in on lap one or two, and nope, I'm not having this. I'm going to spread eagle here till they stop this bad boy, and uh-huh. I get back on the bike. And then what? Run me you, over, make it for real. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I ended up going on to win that local motocross race that I got red flagged, and boy, were they mad. Uh, there's not a if lot of that a good goes soccer on. Soccer player growing up, huh? A what? Good soccer good player. Good soccer player growing up, right? <laughs> it's all about the dive. Looking? All about the dive. Yeah, I never played soccer. But I'm but I get the reference. Um <laughs> I don't like soccer. Man, you like soccer? Jeff? I hope you're not talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, speaking ball sports aren't my thing, man. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I think I'm the only. I played soccer quite a quite a lot actually. I played it at the college level. I played at the in the US Army and uh Really? I enjoyed it. It was, uh, but I hated diving. So I really coaches didn't like me because I wouldn't dive. Wouldn't take a dive, Jeff. Yeah, I re- I respect the athleticism of it, but uh, you know personally, it's not my thing. Um, you finished point two one three seconds, um, or, or the Wyman finished point two one three seconds ahead of second place, and uh, only one point two six oh six seconds, one point two seconds ahead of sixth place. It was. It, my point is, is at the end, it was it was a pretty awesome few laps to watch. Had to been pretty neat from your perspective. Yeah, I mean, it was anybody's game from from my vantage point. Um, for me, I just didn't have the steam for some reason. I don't. I uh, I had another incident race. I got my fairing got smashed in by a, one of the big cones in the chicane. I don't know who it was. One or two guys in front of me kind of came together in the middle part of the race and one of those cones got flipped up and it was three foot tall, like orange traffic cones. And it came flying at me at about 140 miles an hour. There's like grabbing the fourth gear and, uh, smashed the whole left side of my fairing. And so I don't know if there was some aerodynamic stuff going on or what, but I had no problem with those guys in the bank or the infield. But when we got to the banking, they just start pulling away. And, uh, I, I realized that I had no shot because it's, it's all about that draft the line at the end because i was right i think i was right on the dead on the wheel of sean dylan kelly coming out of the chicane maybe a foot or two off of him and he ended up getting second yeah how uh, how crazy is it that kid, that kid is insanely fast for what he's 16 right yeah you he's, know we, we we see that the guys that have spent time over in europe jake gagne cambubier you know all those guys that got that opportunity at a fairly young age you know it's uh a much more aggressive crowd over there and i'll tell you what man it does wonders for a rider's career and their ability no no doubt he's he set the record for the youngest not to take uh, anything away from anyone else in the race you included jeff but i mean some interesting things happened that you know they just added to the story that was this year's daytona 200 um again you've been doing this long enough it I really think that, I mean, it feels like the Daytona 200, although we know it never went away, it really feels like it's kind of come back, had a resurgence as a, as a race of importance or a race that talented and, and uh, you know, relevant motorcycle racers are taking part in. I think it's great. I mean, what do you think, uh, are, are teams still leery to let their, you know, their fast guys go race this because it's not a points paying race? I don't think that's it. 
I think that a lot of them are very, very focused on their season coming up, and it's more of the inconvenience factor that it's the first one. Um, and you pretty much throw the engine away after that race. So that makes it really hard to go into a season and have to basically do all this work in the off season and then junk the motor after one round. Um, and there's a big cost to it. Daytona is expensive to go do. And I think that's why some of the bigger teams are a little more adverse to go because the big money was never made by the purses by the big teams. The big teams are always supported by the manufacturers and their big sponsors. Uh, being that that race isn't part of, you know, say Moto America and with their new program on Fox Sports 2, it doesn't make as much sense for them. Whereas you have some of the mid-level teams or other teams, they can find a way where it does make sense financially. You're starting to see all those guys come in and go, man, I can get a piece of that pie. Because, you know, if you're on a Yamaha like Kyle Lyman, I'm sure he came out of there, you know, close to $40,000 in his pocket, a Daytona Rolex watch. Um, that's a really good payday. That's that's the best payday you're going to find in North America. What's that watch worth? I, I asked him, and he said it wasn't for sale. But I say give it a week or two, maybe. <laughs> Wait till he doesn't have a ride one day. We'll find out what it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that you can. You can't buy the exact one they give these guys. But I'm. It's I, 15 I, G's enough. I bet I'm I sure. can. Well, yeah, I mean, I guys mean, like Scott Russell and Miguel Duhamel have five each. Right, sure. they don't, I'm not saying I can, but I'm saying somebody can buy that exact watch. It, it may not be me, but somebody's got deep enough pockets. I, and it's super tacky to ask at this point, but I went ahead and did it, Jeff. I went ahead and asked him. And <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> you never know. Um, Jeff Mays, our guest, and we're talking about the Daytona 200, which just took place. The uh, Did you have some good time down there in, in Daytona in Volusia County? Did you... Did you uh, go down on Main Street and see that ridiculousness? No, I, I didn't, man. I'm getting old, and it was all business. I was there to have fun and race and try to make a little bit of money and uh, put on a good show for the fans and my sponsors and, you know, see what see where it ended up. Um, you know, I, I still want to win that race. I think, uh, you know, going back to what you said you know, about Daytona and its relevance, I think at the end of the day, you're never going to see an asterisk next to someone's name and go, oh, it wasn't part of Moto America or AMA. No. You know, the day, it's, you won the Daytona 200, man. You're going down in history, just like the, all the other guys that did it before us, you know. Nobody looks at what the circumstances were. Um, so I'm going to keep going back until I stamp my name on that trophy. Nice. And, I mean, it's uh, it's it's no joke. You guys, There's a lot of work that goes to it. It was a lot of work, man, a lot of moving parts. The team is super important. I mean, you saw that with, you know, Sean Dillon Kelly. He wouldn't have even had a shot at being on the podium if it wasn't for the red flag because, you know, he had an issue in the pits, as did a lot of guys. And that's, you know, you got to have a solid crew of five guys you got to bring in for this race that, you know, are very handy at what they do. they got to work in unison. Um, so it's there's a million and one things that go into it. And at the end of the day, sometimes none of it even matters. It's like the gods of Daytona. I mean, they have their own mind. We can either goes your way or it doesn't. Your uh, PJ called you the the world. Well, he said the country. I think you said the world's fastest banker. Um, but you're sponsored by them, right? Your your employer to go racing and do this. Is that right? Yeah. So I started with Ameris Bank and uh, right before Christmas, and they came on board as a sponsor as well because I showed what I've done the previous year with the previous bank I was with the CBC National Bank 
both mortgage banks, both pretty sizable banks, and uh, it's a very good form of advertising. Um, you know, as we all we all have a passion for racing. Um, you know, it's a business, right? People need to buy homes. People need to refinance. People need money. People need to sell their home, get another home, whatever. Um, the average life cycle of a mortgage is four years. So uh, I've made a very good name for myself in the sport and made sure I never did anybody wrong or stepped on anybody in any sort of way. And that has carried over into my business as a mortgage banker. And so I go racing and I get business. And that's how you should do sponsorship, right? Is I'm able to give them a five to one return on the money they give me to go racing. So it's a, it's a perfect marriage. I get to go racing and continue my passion and then also be successful at business at the same point in time. So we, we had this conversation a year ago, right? We were talking about this, I believe maybe it was two years ago, but, uh, we were talking about, so when you say you, you give them a five to one return on their investment, are you, are you, selling mortgages to your fellow to the guys you're competing with not so much i mean at the club racing level yes um but you know it, it's a tight-knit community um i have a lot of guys that i've done business with through the we're a forum we're a board people reach out for, you know they have a question about anything they go on there and say hey guys what about this and um i've had a lot of people that have spoke very highly of me which has given me a lot of business um and i've I'm not a sales guy, right? Like, I've never been good at sales. I've always been very analytical with the motorcycle and the development rider. So I approach you know, mortgages the same way where it's like, hey, here's your options. They're just numbers. It's not trying to sell anybody on anything. And I think people think that's refreshing and they feel like they can trust me just knowing who I am, right? Like, I know this guy. He's not just some random Joe Schmo that I have to deal with. So it's, it seemed to have done pretty well. I'm, I don't I don't know. I'm... I'm really good at paying the mortgage on time, but I don't think I could compete in the Daytona 200. I'm not sure it's the same thing, Jeff. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're very different. Okay. <laughs> they're, the they're, they're not very fun, I could tell you that. By comparison. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody knows that, whatever end of it you're on. What? Uh, so, Tony asked you, but did you get to watch the AFT races at all out there on the TT track? That would have been kind of cool to see. Were you, were you around at the facility at that hour of the day? No, you know, the best I got was I was within earshot. I could hear the guys announcing it. And I didn't hear all my fellow road racers that were taking part in here. Rispoli and Pegram and... Uh, Lewis was out there Lewis, and JD. Yeah, out there. JD, all those guys. It was cool hearing their names, but we were... We were in the garages over there on the NASCAR, the yellow garages, doing pit stops and uh, getting ready for the race. So, like I said, it was it was pretty much all business. It's a tight little window. You get in there Thursday afternoon and got one day of Friday to get after it on the bike, and then you race Saturday, and it's over. It's a quick shot. Yeah. I've got a plan next year, and I'll probably, if it comes together, and it's all circumstance as far that, that why I wouldn't be able to if there's – no reason at this point where I shouldn't be able to do this, but my plan is to go down there and watch the Supercross, race the GNCC on Sunday, which is an hour north, the off-road race, come back Monday, watch the amateur racing or not. Um, Tuesday, they have a vintage motocross class or a race there, and I've got like a CR500 and who knows what else I'll bring down there. And then spend Thursday watching the the 
TT and then and then uh, watch the 200. I've I've been there, but I've, I it's been a long time. So I maybe next year I'll get to see get to see you win that trophy or that watch and that uh, big payday for you. That'd be awesome, man. I'll put you uh, put you in the hot pits. You can hang out and see it firsthand. You know. There's uh there's quite a bit of amateur racing on the on the oval, right? All week long, there's CCS races or Azra races, one or the other. Yeah, you got CCS, and they have novice class, so you got guys that, you know, in theory, it could be their first weekend road racing ever going out there on Daytona. Speedway. Oh my, a lot of fun to watch. Can we bring a bike for you, PJ? <laughs> we sign you up in the C class. <laughs> Thank. I think I my road racing days are probably behind me. Track days are where I'm at now. All right. Never know, man. Hey, BMW pays contingency in the novice class. I know, I know. Don't you have a BMW? They've got uh, no. I don't currently have a BMW. That maybe the three ten, the G three ten. They call it. I think they're three hundred. They pay contingency in that one too. Yeah, the lightweights. Put your put your money where your mouth is, man. Go go get some. I, th- I think that was Tony putting his money where my mouth is because I <laughs> I don't have a pension to go racing much anymore. I ain't got much money either, yeah, so. it's going to be a short career. Yep. You'd fit in just fine. Neither do the rest of us. <laughs> Jeff, I, I, wanna, I might take you up on it next year. It'll be fun. I'll get, uh, I'm sure they'd give us press credentials, but I'd, I think it'd be a lot cooler to hang out with you guys. Maybe you could put me to work doing something. I don't know what. We could definitely let you hold the fire extinguisher. I know that. That's Man, for I've, sure. I've held one too, and I am good at it. <laughs> Jeff, you set up. I mean, you, you made mention of your business, and it, it is, uh, you know, the wave of the future. I think is is guys like you. You're not the only one, but guys who really uh, are doing their sponsors uh, slash employers a real service by, you know, representing them completely, even in uh, what you're doing and what they're sponsoring you for. Do you, like, set up a table? You got flyers and stuff to get guys, uh, you know, in contact with you who might have an interest in using your service? It's exactly. I mean, it's 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 actually kind of in, in with the poster, right, where the poster has my information on it as well so people can get a hold of me, and then we have a lot of little, you know, some cool giveaways. This this weekend we were giving away piggy bank sales autographs, and it was, it was kind of cool, you know, just especially the kids love the piggy banks, and then it seemed like the adults are nostalgic about it, so. That was one little cool giveaway we had, and everybody's got to have a koozie, of course, right? Because you're a Daytona Bike Week, and you got to keep that beverage cold. So absolutely right, and you got the piggy bank home with them. It's got your name on it. Yeah, you uh, your sponsor wins right then and there. We got the piggy bank where the money is. Money in the bank. What you don't want to do is give away pocket knives because a lot of them are flying in, and we've learned that the hard way. Hosting our own little parties and stuff with Pit Pass over the years, we did a thing in Vegas. One time after the U.S. Open, I think it was. Nobody got to keep the knife. You, you know, it was a surprise. It was it was a big surprise to us when we were, wait a minute. Nobody gets to take it home. We weren't thinking. They were bad. They were really cool watches or uh, uh, pocket knives. But uh, You got to put it in your check bag. That's the only way it's going to get home. Yep. Well, but but when you're in Vegas, you don't think about it and you're just kind of fuzzy and you're you're kind of stumbling out of the cab to the, to the, you know, the airport and you got it in your pocket still and you got to dump it out and you're like, oh. And then you realize it dawns on you. I just spent a thousand bucks on pocket knives that nobody's that are not going to make it home. That are not that are going to go in a dumpster. Yep. Yeah, a bunch of TSA guys got them though, at least. Yeah, right? 
I buy I buy a lot of knives from TSA Lots. Actually, that's where a lot of my knives come from. Oh, really? Absolutely. You can do that. There on the very forum that Jeff mentioned, the Wera forum. There's a guy who makes a habit of it. Whenever he comes across a, a TSA lot, you can buy by brand on eBay. So he buys the lot, then he resells them to all of us motorcycle dorks on the Wera forum, the BBS. Oh wow. You never know what you're going to find on there. You, you pretty much find anything you need. You can find a banker, as we've now mentioned multiple times. You can find Jeff May out there. He's got a post. You can find an ambulance to haul sport bikes Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Uh, there are ambulances for sale, every kind of track, conveyance, generator, anything you need to go to a racetrack or buy a home, I guess. That, that range, it's there. You got some really good advice on there. You got Josh Hayes piping up on there. And then uh, myself, we were chiming in on some comments. But then you have some really bad advice on there. Oh yeah, you'll get you you'll get it's the internet still, so you get a fair bit of bad advice. <laughs> you got to measure it's it. Comical, Jeff. What do you think of this? That I've been saying this for a while that the social media is, and the weir forum is a different deal. I think I, I, there's accountability there, and there's for the most part, I think it's there's moderators that don't pull any punches really helps a lot right but with facebook and that sort of thing man there is just it's like the dumpster of the internet is in social media and i think social media has played a part first it was really cool as a guy that owns a racetrack it was a game changer oh my gosh i can i can advertise my stuff for free and i still do it and that's why i'm on social media that is it period and I'll show stuff of my personal stuff here and there and whatever just to keep me relevant and so people don't know that I'm just a commercial the whole time. But in a lot of cases, I want to turn the thing completely off. And when the track, there's track bashing and maybe not so much in road racing because, but but definitely with the promoters and the organizers and that kind of thing, man, I think it's detrimental to a race organization. And I, I think it has been probably... Uh, part of a reason why some of the sponsors don't want to be involved in some of these race programs because what they read on the internet. Do you think that's some, somewhat true, Jeff? I think that it's, there's not many positives to it. Um, you know, this is going to show my age, but back when I was racing for Michael Jordan, there was the new thing called Twitter that it came out, you know, and Facebook. And they're like, hey, we created these accounts for you. I'm like, what is this? You know, I was just figuring out how to do email back then. And it it was, I, I did it because I had to, right? And it's a very minimal level. And what I've seen transition over the last 10 years, I mean, this was 2008, nine, is that it has devalued sponsorship big time because racing used to be about hiring the best guy because the best guy was going to get you TV time. Well, TV became too expensive. People didn't want sponsors. They didn't want to pay for TV anymore. And then so they started taking these guys that could buy rides that were maybe subpar and not as quick. And with social media, anyone could look like a hero. And it has degraded the sport in many ways, I believe, and just devalued it to where sponsorship is really hard to get now. And nobody really knows where to invest their money. Right, because all these sponsors want to get a return on their investment. That's why they do it. It's advertising, um, and social media, Facebook, it's always changing too. So you can't really get a handle on it. Not too long ago, it was pretty good, right? Um, I don't know when it happened, but at some point, I realized a few years ago that all my fans couldn't see what I was posting. That 
all of a sudden I had to pay for them to see what I was saying. And I think that's when it took the real turn for the worst is when people that actually want to follow you like a forum and they want to see what you're saying and they can't see it because you're not paying for it. I think that's pretty bogus. And uh, so, yeah, I'm not really a fan of it. I think it's kind of become a necessary evil, but I don't like it. When I first started my racetrack, I would fax, I would send faxes to the parts department and say, please post this about the races this coming month or week or whatever. And when the internet, you know, when the social media, I'm like, oh my word, it's just so easy. And I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Jeff. I think that it's it's totally screwed up so many things, you know, and, and not knowing if, if you're seeing my posts or whatever. So I put it out there. Hey, this is important news or whatever, but half the people don't see it. And then they're, let's say we have a rain out and they're ticked off at me and it's like, I put it on everything. Well, I'm, they're not seeing it, you know? So yeah, I agree with you. And, and yeah, man, people, I'll tell you another thing that's happened is, uh, my, my suit sponsors, one X custom suits. Uh, my, my exhaust sponsors in for exhaust. And I've had firsthand knowledge from both of them that have said, people call them and buy what they see me using at the racetrack, not on Facebook, not on Instagram, but they see me at the racetrack breaking track records and hauling ass and they go, I want what he's got. And they go and they buy it. It is coming full circle. I I think it's going full circle back to the old grassroots. Got to be present. You got to pound the pavement. Got to go out there and be positive about people that support you. And Facebook is and all that is kind of maybe becoming less relevant, which is a good thing. I would have to agree. Yes, it's coming full circle in the, in other words, it was a shortcut for a lot of people who uh, initially thought they could just shortcut their way to easy advertising and lots of penetration, and you still have to do the basics. Uh, the le- I, I, I'm agreeing completely with you, Jeff, and I think you as well, Tony. It's you. You have to do a good job. Step one, yeah, and then people work, are going to care. Do the work, and people are then going to care. It's the same in any workplace as it is at a racetrack. And, and getting sponsored dollars, the same lessons are going to continue to pay off. Yeah, do what you can with what you have. Maximize it. I've enjoyed watching Johnny Rock Page on his social media, however, <laughs> and and President Trump. It's been quite... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the, they are literally the examples we're speaking of. If this is how I don't ever want to be associated with doing it, there would be those two right there. Oh, man. Hey, everybody loves to watch a good dumpster fire, right? Yeah, they really do. <laughs> I mean, I guess they do. Um, that, that's, that's sad, but true. Yes. <laughs> well, Jeff, we appreciate you uh, taking – it was really a long segment, actually, longer than we expected, and it's been really good. And uh, we we should have you on again soon. Yeah, man. Enjoy, guys. Anytime. I love I love uh, hanging out and chatting with you guys. It's good times. All right. Well, you hopefully we'll get to see you on another racetrack at some point this year. I know it may or may not happen. Jeff, have you got plans? Uh, I got something that happened because of Daytona, man. The uh, Maris guys, the executives showed up, and they really liked what they saw, and Road Atlanta is right in our backyard. So there's a very good chance I'll be on the Superbike grid and two to three weeks there two and a half weeks road atlanta round one moto america well no rush i'm putting your deal together it's you got a couple weeks so hey yeah i'll just wing it man why not that's the good thing about being a veteran right you can just show up and do it you know what you're doing 
so to, uh, I wanted to ask you this, and we're way almost the show's almost over, but I wanted to ask you. You say it's expensive to go racing the two hundred. I've always wondered, and I know it's subjective because you can do it a lot of different ways. But what kind of ballpark is it with equipment, even, and just the travel and, and the team and everything? Well, I mean, it, it really depends on what level of sponsorship you have, even down to products and stuff. Luckily for me, I get a lot of support on the product end. But even with that being said, um, I don't have a tire bill. Um, I've, I've put myself in a position where I don't really have to pay for tires. Dunlop's been really good to me over the years. And that's a huge piece for a lot of guys, right? Uh, but even that being said, this year I spent over ten thousand dollars to do yeah. the race. And that didn't that, that number's a lot less than what I thought you were going to say. So, it, and and I know that's with a lot of support. So, yeah, I lost support, and I keep I keep it small, man. I have a van. I don't have a big you know rig and a big trailer and all that. I have a small trailer and a little van, and I keep my cost low and and maximize the dollars I did get. Everybody gets a bologna sandwich. Chris Carr style. <laughs> I spent Jay, baby. I spent quite a bit of time with talking to Chris Carr today. I got some really cool stuff that I'm going to announce here really, really soon with, that I'm doing with Chris. I'm pretty stoked on it. Jeff, uh, out of time. We really appreciate it, okay? Thanks for having me, guys. All right, uh, Jack, we don't we blew through all the breaks, so we're going to just do a – Yeah, just stay here until the end. 10-4. I want to congratulate Austin Forkner, who has had one heck of a, a – season so far in the in the 250 east and he really is um the man to be in the 250 i think he's going to have a, a fun time with ac adam c and Cirilla, his teammate actually in the west but when it comes down to it and they have the shootout what are your thoughts bj i, I, I i'm i'm currently on fork team forkner i've been saying uh, you know it sounded like all the talking heads and the very wise uh, veterans of the sport are thinking C. and Cerullo is going to have his way with him. I think it's going to be a real battle. I spoke with some some guys that are in that class off air. You know, obviously, I'm not going to put them on the spot or back them into a corner. I've talked to some of the guys that are with the other teams, a team owner, uh, just about that scenario because it's just interesting to me. I like both the guys. I really like Austin. He he grew up racing, you know, at our track and and. Uh, you know we've he's a local kid for us and then uh, we've sponsored him at Wiseco all through his career and we still are through JE um and then AC he's he he's he was the most intelligent speaking kid that when he came out of Loretta's and we thought man he's going to just light the world on fire and he has and i he, mean he really has he just had some bad luck well i'm going to say it took a while to yeah. get there so and he had some bad yeah, luck along so the way so he's he's definitely do so I, I don't know it's interesting all right i want to say thanks to all our guests including Zach Osborne Rockstar Energy uh Kate uh, Husqvarna i own one Rockstar Energy Husqvarna racer Zach Osborne, Kyle Peters, JGR, Henry Wiles, now on an Indian. We spoke with Kyle Wyman and Jeff May. That's our show for this week. We really appreciate everybody listening and check out all of our podcasts on pitpassmoto.com. That's it. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you?
you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. Ready to up your game and learn more about the thrilling world of sports betting? Introducing Double Down with Breslow, the ultimate podcast about the business of sports gambling. Join me, James Breslow, and a long list of expert guests as we dive into the art and science of the sports betting industry. Evolving regulations, technology enhancements, and the meteoric rise in the number of players makes this sector the fastest growing and most intriguing in the world. Unlock the business secrets from many of the industry's most recognizable C-suite executives, including famous odds makers and influencers every episode of double down with breslow is packed with insider tips deeply skilled analysis and in-depth discussions don't miss out on the ultimate resource for mastering the business of sports betting listen to double down with breslow on the evergreen podcast network or wherever you listen to podcasts that's double down with breslow the business of sports betting podcast